The heartbeat of the Life Church is its members. In each episode, you'll hear the stories of people you know, and maybe those you don't. This is the TLC Heartbeat Podcast. Rosemary, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you coming out. Well, thanks for having me. So one of the, I guess, things that would be most prominent about you from my interactions with you would be um, your seriousness and intentionality. And maybe that's just the side of you that I see. Um, it I'm would so be, serious. yeah, so serious. Um, <laughs> it would be your your passion for, for ministering to special needs populations and then service in general. It seems like you're always involved with outreach or service uh, of some kind. And uh, it's very inspiring. So if you wouldn't mind, I know we're just gonna jump right in. Could you tell me why, why are you so passionate about about these areas? Um, I feel like I'm so passionate about these areas because I came from a place where I needed people. Like, as a a child, um, growing up, we went through lots of different things. We Mm -hmm. went through homelessness. We experienced, um, you know, the Salvation Army tree. I was an angel on the tree. Uh, So every year I try to get an angel because I remember being an angel. So I'm like... Now that you're able to give back, you need to be giving back. Um, I'm not rich uh, one day, but I'm not, not, not rich by far. Money bags are But I do, I can say that I never, I, in my current life, there's never anything that I want for um, when it comes to food or mm-hmm. housing or subsidence. Like, I have those things and I have money to do, to go on vacations, to mm-hmm. do different things. And so why wouldn't I want to help people if I have the ability to? Because I've seen what it's like to not. So, well, then, if you don't mind, uh, and if, yeah, if you don't mind, can we just dive into some of your childhood? Like, what, how did your family end up in a homeless situation? Like, what, like, what was the journey into that? Uh, yeah, just can, I, can you explain that? Okay, so to explain it, it has to start very early. I will say, before I was born, before I was even thought of, um, my mother was a teen mother, very young, when she got, had her first child, uh-huh. and then about two years after that she got married so she was married by 17 or 18 Mm -hmm. um, and that was to my father and my father was always a provider when I as long as I can remember him being in the house my mom worked but it was really like people say mad money like she Mm -hmm. had money to do what she wanted to do she didn't have to pay any bills and so we were very we did very well when my father was there and he was always a provider until I was like Four and a half or five, my my father was deported. And so I'm the youngest of, let me say, I'm the youngest of four. So my parents were married for 11 years before I was even, um, became about. So they were married a long time. I wasn't even supposed to be here. (laughs) My mother's um, had a procedure where she wasn't supposed to have any more children. And then she had me. So I was here. Uh, You were determined. I was determined. I was supposed to be here. God, that was a purpose. Uh, God had a purpose for my life, obviously, even from the very beginning. Um, so it was a long time that they were together and married and doing well. And then, so I don't remember a lot of it because I wasn't here, but for the four years and a half that I was here, I do remember some spigots of like Christmases and Mm -hmm. I remember getting lots of presents. And even though I was young, you remember whenever tragic, whenever tragic events happen, you remember stuff surrounding those events, even if you're young. And so I do remember where everything changed. And I got deported. I remember my father leaving 
The day that my father left our house before he was deported, I remember saying goodbye, and I remember he drove away in a red Corvette. And I don't even know why I remember that, but I remember wow. those things. Those are the two things I remember. I remember being happy, and I remember him leaving in a red Corvette. And after that, um, I really had, I didn't, I never seen him again until I was like 11. I talked to him on the phone, and I would speak with him, mm -hmm. and like, there was no FaceTime in the 90s, so there was nothing but we would talk on the wow. phone and letters and those type of things, but nothing else. Um, so he was deported. This is during, I mean, I don't really love going into detail because it's not my, that part is not my story to tell. That would be my mom and my dad, and my dad's no longer here, so I don't Sorry. feel at liberty to share all of those details, but it was during America's war on drugs, and so mm. um, there was like no... Mm, I don't know what you say. Like they were, there was no way to get around it. Like yeah. he was deported, so it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. you you ha did a crime and you have to go. <laughs> yeah, wow. so um, that's what it was. And they, I mean, not considering the family that was that they were tearing apart. I wow. mean, it, it that not to take the responsibility off of my father, but still, he was the sole provider in my family. And when he left, we no longer had that. So wow. my mother, even she would have been like. 27, I don't know, not very old. Um, she was 24 when I was born, so like 28. She was very young forever. And so think of this, a woman who's went, went from being a child to being a mother, yeah. to being a wife, to being the sole provider of a family. Right. So that's what she that's what she became, and she didn't know how to do it. Instead wow. of, she was, it was sink or swim, and she was sinking, like she was sinking oh. fully. Um, so. Wow, and so that kind of over time led to you guys being homeless? Yeah, that led to us being homeless within like, so she kept it afloat for like three years and I remember my mom working all the time and I remember my oldest sister was pretty much, my oldest two sisters became like my second mother mm -hmm. and they would put me to bed, they would cook for me and and I loved my mom so much so I always missed her and I, when she would come home I would just want to like be with her because I'd never seen her because she was working all the time. Wow. And um, during that time, she got into some substance abuse issues mm. just because of coping with the yeah. situation. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't condone it, but I understand where yeah. she was, you sure. know. Um, and so, because of those things, you cannot, you cannot be working eighty hours a week in substance abuse with four <laughs> kids and survive yeah, <laughs> like it just doesn't happen yeah. it's like something's got to give and wow. that's what happened we that's how we got we became homeless um it was i was probably seven and a half i don't even remember the time exactly i just remember the events more than i remember the age and i tracked my age based on the schools that i went to wow so i knew what school i was going to so i had to i was in second grade so i know um, when we were in second grade, that's when we fully lost housing and we were living with people. We were living in cars. We were living in abandoned houses. Um, my, my wow. mother and three, four, four daughters. Um, and that's intense. Yeah, it was intense. And I, as a, as a child, you don't real, you don't realize it. And I see my nieces and nephews today. They, they're so privileged. <laughs> like they don't yeah. even, and I'm thinking like my niece will cry about a doll that she wants. Yeah. And she has 30 other dolls. I'm like, girl, like, do you even understand that I got a doll out of a trash can before and played with it and was happy? Like, you wow. know, yeah. So. So then explain to me this, this low point that your family is at. How do you find God? Where does God come into the picture? Like what, what's that transformation, how things begin to turn around for you? So, um, I was leading into that is that, so finally my mother 
kind of hit rock bottom at a, at a point where she finally asked for help because she was very proud um, mm -hmm. and that my mom and dad were always the the aunts and uncles who mm -hmm. bought the gifts and did the things. She had been so strong for She'd so long. She'd been so strong for so long and so she had this appearance to upkeep and then mm -hmm. finally she called one of her older brothers because my mom is like the second youngest of like 17 other kids, Holy siblings. Like, and so she's the baby and she is their baby and so she called one of her older brothers and she was like, I need help, can you come and get us? Mm -hmm. And he drove my uncle and I don't even, I think about it today, she, I, she called him in the morning from Amarillo to come get us and he was here by like one o'clock, like he drove so fast to yeah. come get us, yeah. <laughs> and wow. so my uncle drove to come get us and he packed us all in his truck and we went to Amarillo and we were staying my grandmother's house. My grandmother was not helping us because she was elderly and had problems while we were living in her house. And um, so we stayed in Amarillo and my, we were still struggling, but when you're with family, it's a different type of struggle mm -hmm. when you have other, when you have the support to lean on. So we had, our family and all of my mom's family is from Amarillo. And we got into a house and probably about 11, when I was about 11, we were living in this house. It was a nice house actually. And, a, and the Easter Bunny from a local Pentecostal church was like hopping around. Nice. And I was- Like a blow up costume thing? Yeah, or? like a costume. like. No, not blow up though. That was before blow up. So just like, <laughs> like a guy with like, <laughs> like the some guy the in there just baking. Right? Yes. Yeah. In Amarillo, so it, was, it wasn't pleasant. But but it, you saw the Easter Bunny. We saw him, and he had a basket, and he had candy. And um, even before that, when we were going through things, one thing that my mom always did was send me and my young, my not youngest, my sister was right above me, um, to church. We would always mm -hmm. go to church on church vans, and I don't know what that was, but she was like adamant about us, me and that sister going to church. Mm. And so we would always go on church vans and church buses and just Sunday services or vacation Bible schools. And so like when they came, I already knew she was going to make me go. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just like, okay, <laughs> I got I mean, a church to go to on, yeah. on Easter. And it was Easter. So of course you always go to church on Easter. Right. Uh -huh. So it was, the guy was like, would you like to go? We'll come pick you up. We have a church bus. And I was like, okay. Even though it was a little strange that yeah. this grown man, and I was 11, so I was already skeptical enough to be like, Dang. this is not normal. <laughs> but yeah. um, I, I had other well. <laughs> kids to come with me because it was myself, yeah. my next door neighbor, my niece and, not my niece, she was a more, my nephew and my cousin, my little cousin. So we all went to church. Um, wow. And. And that's the beginning of your walk that with was God, the beginning. or like, do you just you got went to that church and you just stayed, or like? um, those people? I can't. I remember going to that church, and I the people were so friendly and they loved me. Mm. Like it was the first time where I went to church and I was like, oh, this these people are not just being nice to to you know for ulterior motives. They're really like genuinely nice people. And so I would go every Sunday and they would come pick me up. Wow. But I do remember being in Sunday school and the kids would pray and they would cry. And I, me and my, my cousin, because we were both old enough, Laughing. we would be laughing. Like, we would be like, why are they crying? <laughs> like, what are they crying about? Aren't, aren't you happy? Yeah. And so we would be sitting on the back row, like, laughing. Yeah. Um, cynical little 11 and 12 year olds Dang. and then God got me and I was like, oh, it's not funny. This is real. Yeah. Like, and now all I do is cry when I'm praying. So... Someone's probably laughing at me. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, then tell me your story uh, of coming to the Life Church. Because as I as we kind of talked about at the beginning, here at the Life Church, you're very involved in serving uh, ministries and, and, and special needs uh, ministry. Like, you come to the Life Church. 
what's what's the transition here? How did you become part of this family? Okay. Um, well, so I, I got the Holy Ghost when I was 13, and then I just was going to church by myself forever, mm -hmm. like finding churches. I moved back to Dallas when I was a freshman in high school, and I moved within a block from Emmanuel Pentecostal Church. Um, it's in Mesquite. And then I would sometimes walk, and, and sometimes... Um, I found people who would bring mm -hmm. me, but I live really close, so it wasn't a problem. And I went to college, and I came back to Emmanuel, and Emmanuel is a very big church. I still am connected to so many people there in mm -hmm. the flowers. I love them. Um, but after being at my college church that was so small and so close, family-knit, it reminded me so much of my Amarillo church that it was close. Everybody loved each other. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew each other. And you felt like you were part of the mission um, at Emmanuel. There is a mission. Not they're the church for everybody, and I love that church. So I would never say anything bad about but, it. But it didn't have different that same church for feel yeah. That you everyone want. needs a different. Everyone needs different things. And so when I came back um, from college, I went to Emmanuel for two years. But I was like, this is not what I need to grow in my walk. And so I started searching, and I moved to a neighborhood that wasn't far from. Wow. Um, the Life Church, and I came one Wednesday night. It was raining like crazy, so I didn't want to drive in, um, 45 minutes to Emmanuel, so I came over here because it was like 15 minutes from my house. And I was like, oh, this is this is the church that I need. Um, and so the next Sunday, I talked to Pastor Flowers, and I was like, I think I'm going to go to the Life Church. Uh, and so from then, I've been coming. And I was always, I've always been, ever since I've been in church, I, rem I think even when I got the Holy Ghost at uh, North Side, that was the first Pentecostal church. After I got the Holy Ghost, I was serving. I was mm. teaching Sunday school. I was helping with little kids because I always loved that type of stuff, like um, helping when I could. Uh, so service is just something that was instilled in me. Even my mom is very much a servant, yeah. I will say. Uh, so she put that in us, like, if you can help people, you help people. I've got kind of a weird question. Mm -hmm. Go with me. Um, I've seen you literally probably everywhere in the church, like in the back, on the platform singing, like on new staff, like in back classrooms, like greet. I mean, like I, it seems like anywhere there is a place to be, like you've probably touched it either now or in the past you've touched it. At least that's what it feels like. What's something you can't do? Like, like what, what's something you're not good at? Like, I, 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 I mean that seriously. It seems like you're funny. just, you're so, you're so diverse and so well-rounded. Like what, what's something that you can't do? Very um, there's, I can't sing very well. I try. I can't play any instruments. Um, I, there are lots of things that I don't do well. Actually, I'm very big. Like, I have to boost my confidence in doing because I wow. don't feel like I'm good at a lot of things. And so. Totally different perspective. Yeah. Like, but like, everyone sees themselves differently. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. From my perspective, it's like if you need something to get done and get done right, like, there's a, you're going to call Rosemary. Like, oh, like, my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. That was very kind of you to say. Well, it's true. Um, so, okay, so one of the areas I've gotten to know you best uh, is from serving together on youth staff. Um, so tell me about, uh, I want to zero in a little bit uh, on on your time in youth staff and uh, your time that you now kind of transitioned into focusing on the special needs. Um, you focused on youth staff because it was an opportunity or is because like it really reminded you of yourself as a kid that you wanted to focus? like what was the motivation for for serving in youth specifically and then what's your motivation now for the special needs ministry you do and can you kind of explain what it all mm -hmm. what all you're trying to build and grow there so youth staff was kind of like a carryover from my college church and from Emmanuel. i feel like 
the age bracket I was there at, at Ed Emanuel, um, a lot of times single women get put in youth staff, and it's not a bad thing because I really do enjoy it, but mm. it's just like the if you're willing to serve, the youth needs help. <laughs> and so it's like, it's the okay, bucket, it's the yeah, place. we need you. So come help, like come, like it's the place where they need people, yeah. people who are faithful and people who are like not going to go crazy and do anything, you know, because some, some people you don't trust in youth staff. And so I feel like if you're a trustworthy person, yeah. they're like, okay, you're youth staff. <laughs> yeah. So come here. Come, yes. Come. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why youth staff, but I love youth. And so, um, what about, I, what about the special needs ministry and then? special needs has, is a it's my career focus it's always been a heartbeat of mine um i have a young i have a niece who is 18 she's not young anymore she's still my baby but she has cerebral palsy and mm -hmm. some other developmental delays and she's in a wheelchair um and when she was born i really like it just really became my heartbeat just because of I see the injustices done and I mm. see the things that are missed with them. And um, even once my niece, who's 18 now, when she was like seven, she went to a daycare and they gave her the wrong doses of her medicine. So she was in the hospital for like a month. Oh, so just like having people who know what they're doing and people who not only train people, but people who love what they're doing. And I think there's a difference than being trained and also loving it and knowing like I have this kid's best interest and this is the um, call. And I feel like special needs ministry is my calling in general, just wow. working with kids with that's uh, adults and not kids too, but kids and adults as well. Like um, they're just, a, I don't know. I just love them so much because I feel like they're, they're the most pure of, of us, the best part of us, people with special needs. Well, for somebody as well-rounded as as you are, it it's really inspiring that you found this lane where there's a, an overlooked or underserved population and you've just thrown yourself into it. Um, I don't think there's, I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's such a powerful thing whenever somebody finds a lane and they say like, this is what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna do it well and I'm gonna do it all the time and I'm going in, I'm gonna build something here. Like, there's no, you can't buy, you can't buy that. And uh, the fact that the Life Church has you as part of our family, like, makes me extremely grateful. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm really glad you're part well, of this thank family. thank you. I'm so glad to be a part of it, and I'm glad to have met you at the Life Church. You are an inspiration as well. You and your wife are so, always so positive and so well-rounded as well, and just, like, there to be the motivator. And, yeah, you built, uh, you blow my head up in this <laughs> Well, we'll probably end it there. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for everything you said. It was wonderful getting to hear more about your story. Thank you so much. Thanks for interviewing me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the TLC Heartbeat Podcast. The vision of this podcast is to tell the stories of the Life Church members. If there's anyone whose story you want to hear, please reach out and let us know. You can find us online at tlcdallas.com or on Facebook at The Life Church Dallas. Thank you for watching and listening.